a reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, who indeed is the victor over the world, but the one who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? This is the one who came through water, blood, Jesus Christ, not by water alone, but by water and blood. The Spirit is the one who testifies, and the Spirit is truth. So there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are of one accord. If we accept human testimony, the testimony of God is surely greater. Now the testimony of God is this, that he has testified on behalf of his son. Whoever believes in the son of God has this testimony within himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar by not believing the testimony God has given about his son. And this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life and this life is in his son. Whoever possesses the Son has life. Whoever does not possess the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you so that you may know that you have eternal life. You who believe in the name of the Son of God, the word of the Lord. Thank you. <clears throat> Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. Glorify the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion, for he has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children within you. He has granted peace in your borders. With the best of wheat, he fills you. He sends forth his commands to the earth, swiftly runs his word. He has proclaimed to his word to Jacob, his statues and his ordinance to Israel. He has not done thus for any other nation. His ordinance he has not made known to them. Alleluia.
Dominus Vobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Marcum. This is what John the Baptist proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It happened in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. On coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Today we observe the memorial of the first male Canadian saint who was canonized by Pope Benedict XVI in 2011, Saint Andre Bessette. He was the eighth of 12 children born to a poor French Canadian family in 1845, and he was given the name Alfred. And his parents were devout Catholics and they taught their children the virtues of prayer and hard work. He was always a sickly child from, from his birth. And his father himself even baptized him shortly after birth because they feared that Alfred might not survive. And this lack of health and physical strength remained with Alfred for the rest of his life. And yet despite his health problems, he would ultimately live to be 91 years old. His father died in a lumbering accident when Alfred was only six years old. And his mother contracted tuberculosis four years later. And since she was no longer able, capable of raising her 12 children on her own due to her illness, she was forced to give them up for adoption. And only Alfred remained with her as she went to live with her sister, his aunt. After Alfred's mother died when he was 12 years old, his aunt continued to care for him. And during his childhood, he developed a strong spiritual life which probably helped him to cope with the, all the losses that he had suffered, including his family and his health. And while most of the other children would spend their Sundays playing with their friends or enjoying hobbies, Alfred would spend hours in the afternoon in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. In his devotion, he would take additional penances upon himself, which would often have a negative effect on his poor health. And whenever his aunt forbade him to do such penances, he readily obeyed her, but he simply found other penances to perform. And when he got older, he tried to his hand at several different trades, but his health prevented him from being able to do them. He was unsuccessful as both a shoemaker and a baker. And he met a priest named Father Andre Provençal, who was the pastor of his parish, and he became Alfred's spiritual director. And it was this priest who inspired him in him a devotion to St. Joseph, 
a devotion that would remain with him for the rest of his life. Alfred looked to St. Joseph as his own foster father, since he had lost his own father at such an early age. And when he was of age, Alfred first looked for work in the northeastern part of the United States, but could not find anything that was suitable for him. And so his spiritual director, Father Andre, suggested that he should check out the new Order of the Holy Cross, which had recently opened a new school next door to the church. And when, when, when visiting with the order, one of Alfred's concerns was that he was mostly illiterate, while the other members of the order were well-educated. And he feared that this would be an obstacle to his entrance since, since he would not be able to teach. However, the order assured him that there would be other tasks to which he could be assigned that were better suited for him. And so he decided to enter the novitiate and he took the name of Brother Andre, the same name as his spiritual director. And he was pleased to see that one of the features of the habit of the order was a medal of his beloved St. Joseph. And as final profession approached, Brother Andre's health continued to deteriorate, and he feared that he would be prevented from taking his vows. And so he went to the bishop and in tears appealed to him saying that he only wanted to perform the most obscure tasks if that meant staying in the order. And the bishop kindly assured him that he would be admitted to profession. And so after making final vows, his main assignment was to act as the porter or the doorkeeper for the college. And Brother Andre later joked that this assignment, he joked about this assignment saying, my superiors showed me the door and I stayed there for 40 years. And while working at the college as porter, Brother Andre's patience was tested by his superior, Father Luage. And while many people loved to see Brother Andre, Father Luage was not impressed by him at all. And he disciplined Andre in a manner that seemed unfair. And the knowledge of this poor treatment became so widely known around the campus that the other religious gave Andre the nickname, the lightning rod of the college because he receives the bolts from Father Luage. And all throughout this, this time with Father Luage, Brother Andre kept his composure, and he never protested or complained. He saw this as an opportunity to unite his sufferings with Christ, instead of wasting them on, on complaining. He, would, he was visited by many people, and he greeted them warmly, prayed for them, and with them, and gave them counsel with all patience, charity, and compassion. Any miraculous healings that took place through his prayers, he always attributed to St. Joseph. And he, was, he would always insist that he was incapable of doing anything miraculous himself, but that it was St. Joseph who had interceded for them on their behalf. He often encouraged people to go to Joseph and to pray a novena to him. And there was one instance when a person came to Brother Andre and said, you are better than St. Joseph. When I pray to St. Joseph, nothing happens. But when I ask you to pray, I am healed. And when Brother Andre heard this, he became very upset and disturbed, and he ordered the person to go away from him immediately. And this incident disturbed him so deeply that it left him sick for three days. As Brother Andre served as porter, 
at the college, many parents became alarmed at the large numbers of sick people who came to the school. And there were physicians and health officials, some of whom despised religion, who took issue with Brother Andre and they considered him a fake healer. The crowds eventually went to complain to the bishop who dismissed them, but he was still concerned about what was happening and so he went to meet with Brother Andre's superiors and asked them if Andre would cease his activities if he were ordered to do so under obedience. And his superior said that he would indeed obey blindly. And so satisfied by this answer, the bishop decided to leave Brother Andre alone, saying, if this work is from God, it will live. If not, it will crumble away. And not only was the bishop moved by the example of Brother Andre, but even some of the health officials who met with him to investigate the healings and who didn't care for him changed their minds afterwards, after they met him. Instead of meeting with a crazy religious fanatic, they found that Brother Andre was stable and had good common sense. And Brother Andre's encounters with many sick people afflicted with all sorts of problems did take its toll on his own health. He suffered from anxiety attacks all throughout his life. And yet this did not stop him from meeting with people, the people who needed to see him. In fact, he showed great kindness toward everyone, including those outside the faith. One witness at his beatification is quoted as saying, as to heretics, schismatics, and also unbelievers, Brother Andre treated them with more kindness and sympathy than the Catholics. He wanted to gain the confidence of such people. And when the right time came, he talked to them about the goodness of God and of religion. He profited by the visits of Protestants and unbelievers to slide in a good word to them, an evangelical word. And his kindness bore tremendous fruit as thousands of people were brought to conversion. When Brother Andre met with non-Catholics who came to him for healing, he saw this as the beginning of faith for them, the fact that he's coming to them, to him for healing. So he always looked for what was good in them and never singled them out for their sinfulness or their waywardness. It was love, not harsh judgment or words that brought them to the faith. In his devotion to St. Joseph, Brother Andre desired to get to build a basilica to the saint on a hill in Montreal. Gathering the money necessary to construct the basilica would have been a very difficult task in the late 19th century. However, the basilica was eventually constructed and was completed in 1904. It was named a minor basilica and was given the name the Oratory of St. Joseph. And Brother Andre became the porter of the basilica in 1909. And when Brother Andre died in 1937, at the age of 91, the last word to escape his lips was Joseph. And we pray today for the intercession of St. Andre Bessette, that he might strengthen our own devotion to St. Joseph, our own prayer life, <clears throat> and that he might teach us his own virtues of humility, kindness, obedience, meekness, and docility. We can learn a lot from St. Andre about the value of uniting our own sufferings with those of Christ and of loving Christ in every person we meet. 
St. Andre was a faithful agent of evangelization who was able to show the loving face of Christ to his neighbor. <laughs>